0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we get to more coverage of the TV show that you didn't know you loved the greatest TV show ever made. I do, of course, speak of Third Watch. We're, of course, here to talk about the first season, our season one. Recap: We have completed all 22 episodes of the first season and what we like to do here on the Oz Network at the end of every season is just do a generic recap, go over some of the things just to refresh your memory, move ahead into Season 2 and, of course, go over our big moments from the season, the top five moments as well as obviously talking about a few other things around the table here. It's a good table. It's a nice-looking table. It's a sturdy table. And uh, on this table includes myself, my name is Ben, and gab, 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 gab. It just never stops, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. My name's Brandy and you'll continue to hear us Gap, 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 Gap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brandy, this has been a lot of fun doing this. I mean, I've always dreamt about doing podcasts about Third Watch and when we started the Oz Network, when we rebranded into this version of the show, it was my dream to still find someone to do this with and you have completed my dream. We've at least gotten one sixth of the way through Third Watch. Um, But, uh, yeah, this is... This has been a, a big thrill for me to be able to talk about this and also to, to continue to have listeners, as we've kind of talked about a lot throughout this series, you know, we've had some feedback from some of the listeners which we've obviously very much appreciated. Um, you know, we've even been lucky of course to have uh one of the directors, guy Norman B listening to an episode and hand it on potentially to uh Mr Edward Allen Bonero. Hi Hi Mr Bonero if you're listening. I'm Ben, we're still here, hello. Um so yeah, it's it's been a it's been a hell of a ride and um you know, we've had cast members of the show like our, like our posts on social media reply to some of our posts. You know, Anthony Rivavar, I think, liked us. Michael Beach did. Skip Sardis has. Um, Tia Tejada, Texhada. Uh, I, I, we're not 100% sure how legit her account is, but we got a bit of a comment back from her as well. So uh, She's not even in the show yet at this point. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride, Brandy. It's really been exciting so far
1: it has it has it's been very uh awesome I mean I love it and I feel like we kind of revived some things like I noticed like in the beginning we didn't really get much engagement but now it's like we built this community that our listeners are like really eager to like listen to what we're saying or listening to like the next podcast episode and it makes us eager to like give out the next podcast episode and keep on going and it's exciting I mean I'm ready for the next season as well and I mean, I don't, there's not much to say about that but to, besides getting to like, our biggest moments of season one.
0: Yeah, well, so, I mean, we've got a lot to cover in this episode in terms of what we're going to do here is obviously go through some of the moments, talk about some of the characters, and obviously we'll conclude with our, you know, the best big ones that we'll obviously try and compile into a little bit of a video, but... um yeah, it's interesting, kind of, the feedback you were mentioning there. And, and like, look, we're, we're planning a lot of things with this moving forward. Uh, obviously, we keep talking about getting, you know, actors on the show or people that will reach out for interviews, and we hope that that can still happen. And, look, my ultimate goal would be fantastic if by the end of all this, we've talked to enough of the guys that we can get sort of a mini reunion going on. I mean, I, I know they did a um, sort of an online reunion at some stage. Uh, I think just uh, about four of the guys got together in a room and kind of uh, it was like a live stream. Um, which I don't know if I told a story about that. Um, if I did, by all means, sorry for repeating myself, but it was about three years ago, I want to say. I'm pretty sure like Skip was there. I think Kobe might have been there. Michael Beach. Um, I think that, um, yeah, Yvonne was there, obviously, with, with uh, Anthony. I think there was, you know, a group of them. There was a bunch of like the creators and there was, you know, maybe 10 in the room. And it was kind of created by one of the fans who did it. And you had to, like, pay for it. Like, it was, like, I don't know, $5, $10 you paid to watch the online stream of it. Um, And I bought a ticket to watch it, but I got my times around the wrong way. So, like, I actually got up too late and I missed it. And so I I never got to see it. Um, And it wasn't one of these ones where they, like, kept a copy of it for you to watch later, if you know what I mean. So it was a watch at once, that was it type of deal. And I sadly never got to see it. So I, by all means, if anybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about, because I'm sure there are some people in the Third Watch fans group who may, may have seen it or were familiar with what I'm talking about. If there is a copy of that that exists somewhere, I'll pay for it. I will honestly pay for watching that, because that was the only time that I'm aware of an actual Third Watch reunion has happened. And we know it wasn't with everyone, but it was still with a large portion of the cast and people involved in it. So we'd love to, by all means, at the end of this uh, series of recaps, if it is possible. Even if we can get two or three of them on in one episode at a time, that would just be amazing. But um, we're, we're a show, at least I know for myself, I'm a guy who likes to dream big and uh, think about these things. But... Um, Never say never, Brandy. We I never thought I'd get to do a fucking podcast on Third Watch, let alone uh, you know, think about the possibilities of that. So we need to probably start off by getting one of them on the show, right?
1: Yeah, we do. I mean, I would <laughs> who would I mean, I don't know. I would say without el eliminating somebody, if you could choose one member right now to go on a show, who would you actually like
0: Jason Wiles. Just get
1: on a show right Bosco, now.
0: Bosco. Jason Wiles. Boom. <laughs> not even not even hesitate. And that's nothing against anyone else, but uh Always no, my favorite. No, but it's... Love the man to bits, and uh, yeah, uh, but not even a question of a doubt. He would be my number one.
1: It's just because it, I like I get what you are saying. Because some are harder than others. So it's like no, definitely no offense to anyone, but for me it'd be like Tia Texada, Tia Tex, or Mia Long, which are Mia Long. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know how I would, like in touch of but yeah.
0: I oh, we're gonna we'll see what we can do, and as I said, like we're gonna um we probably will around this episode too. And by all means, if we've already done it and you're listening to this going and Ben, you've already posted those, uh, as I keep sort of saying, we, we will put up the episodes we did. Well, that I did years ago for one of my shows, the brink, uh, where again, I was fortunate enough to speak to Michael beach and I was fortunate enough to speak to answer either. So, um, I'm, I'm going to share them, uh, to go alongside with this just so people can hear it. Cause again, as, as I said, both interviews, I do speak of third watch. I mean there are other things we do talk about. Um but uh yeah the Michael Beach one goes for around about an hour from memory and the answer the or even one goes for about half an hour from memory. So uh I'll share those and you can you can sort of hear that. Um but yeah again just keep keep your ears out. We're going to we're going to try to to get them on as I said, you know we are we've spoken to guy Norman B about coming on the show and uh you know moving forward uh seeing what else we can do. So we're we're dreamers. We're busy people. Uh, they're even busier people. Uh, so obviously, if we can we can get them, um, we'll see how we go. But anyway, season one, third watch. We're done and dusted. Uh, we we'll can just really start off with, a, I guess, a, a general discussion of the season. I mean, overall thoughts, Brandy. Uh, you know, we've spent twenty two episodes discussing our thoughts on this show. Is there anything you kind of want to go over here, or just like add in just just in regards to overall vibe of the season in general I mean I'll just add that I think it's perfect way to really set up this show Uh, we've talked a lot about so many of the elements of this how it's such a great ensemble show they managed to share screen time for the most part with these characters very well in this season Um, you've got enough intertwining storylines to kind of keep you occupied I mean there are definitely a few hits and misses that we've gone over in terms of some of the storylines that kind of don't you know fit in too well with the continuity factor but um, yeah, a very solid season, a great season of third watch, and a great season of television as well. Very underrated, I feel, in the grand scheme of TV. But um, yeah, I think season one is a is a perfect way to set us up to what we're going to see for a further five seasons.
1: I believe really, one thing about this season, like you said, was very well done. It was a it was a great setup to the next six, the next five seasons, and it was well balanced, very well paced. I love how like because you forget that you're watching only one season because like how they did it so well was like they in the beginning it was kind of like slow starting but in a good way and then like didn't you, you suddenly like in the middle of like what maybe episode i want to say 13 14 15 you get more action and you see it gradually move on and move more into the action pace which was very well done and again like i thought i forgot they we were only doing like one season so far <laughs> i thought we were like on season two sometimes because it was just so well done with the with the balance of, of it being well-paced. Like, some seasons are not that well well done.
0: Yeah, no, completely agree. And, and I mean, the thing that I think we have we talked a little bit in terms of, like, um, you know, nip-tuck and that, we we can go over, like, a lot of the, you know, just the awards and things that it won. But as we've kind of established, I think, you know, Third Watch, unfortunately, was never really a show that was really recognised by, and I, when I say awards, I, I mainly talk about, obviously, like, the main ones, like the Emmys and the Golden Globes. Uh, I mean, there are several awards here that the show was nominated for and won, which we'll, we'll go over a few of those in terms of this first season. But uh, I'm talking about like the being Like, none of this cast ever, sadly, got like a, an acting nomination in the Emmys or the or the Golden Globes. You know, ER obviously from sort of born from this, from ER was Third Watch in many ways. ER obviously was the complete opposite. It was just completely you know bestowed with honors. Uh, and I, I I think it's disappointing for Third Watch to kind of not. Follow that trend because I think the acting in Third Watch is on par, if not better than ER in many aspects, uh, you know, in, in certain seasons. So, uh, I mean, just quickly on that note, the only Emmy that Third Watch ever won did come from the first season, and it won the Outstanding Sound Editing for a series for the pilot, for Welcome to Camelot, which it won in the year 2000. It did go on to get nominated uh, for a few other sound editing awards. Um, as well as Stunt Coordination Awards moving forward, but never would win another Emmy. So, uh, Third Watch is an Emmy award-winning show. It only did win the one Emmy, though. But, I mean, just kind of quickly going over these, I can see here that um, it was nominated for two ALMA Awards, which, as I'm seeing here, are the American Latino Media Arts Awards. Uh, in the first season, uh, both Eddie Cibrian and Bobby Cannavale were nominated for Emerging Actor in a Drama Series, and you would argue, Brandy, the two most successful actors post-third watch. At least Bobby Cannavale. I mean, Eddie Sibrian, as we went over last week, kind of hit and miss. But, I mean, he's definitely landed a big hit with Leanne Rimes. Um So, yeah, and just some other random ones here. I mean, it was nominated for a Casting Society of America Award in the Best Casting for a Dramatic Pilot Um Going through here, an Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Drama Series to Michael Beach. Didn't win it, though. He was nominated. Um, And just quickly, also in the year 2000, uh, nominated in the Golden Reel Award in the Motion Picture Sound Editors for Best Sound Editing in a Television Episodic Effects and Foley for Welcome to Camelot, the same one that obviously won the award for the Emmy. It did win a PGA Award. And I'm not knowing if that's the Golf Award. Isn't the PGA the Golf? Um, <laughs> according to this, it's the Producers Guild Awards of America. Uh, John Wells won it for... Um, well, it says he ER in the West Wing, but I'm guessing they lumped third watch in there. And it also uh, won a Prism Award for pre, uh, Primetime Drama Series episode for History of the World. Your favourite episode, I think, in this season. Um, and the Prism Award... <laughs> Uh, is an award to, to encourage creators their right of creative expression, um, which is nice. Cool. Uh, <laughs> just I've never heard of that award before. Just thought I'd point that out. But uh, anyway, um, so we are kind of gone over that. I mean, also what we kind of go over here is, I guess, just the main plot lines. And I, I think kind of what's different about talking about Third Watch in regards to what we do on Nip Tuck is that Nip Tuck really has clear storylines that kind of go over the whole show. Third Watch is a little bit more kind of, you know, episodes are separate in their many ways. It's it's kind of the conventional TV drama, but there are still definitely plot lines here that go the whole season. And these are the ones that I've gotten here, Brandy. By all means, please uh, add some extra ones in here if you feel I'm missing any, and we can kind of discuss the main ones here. So, um... I think really, like, a lot of the focus this season was obviously on Carlos and Davis, you know, in terms of the fact that they're rookies, their very first day on the job is the first episode we see, so it's kind of the development of their their rookie skills, if you know what I mean, as a paramedic and a cop, moving through that, um, and kind of on that, I think, kind of, you have sort of tacked on is sort of Davis and Sully's relationship and, and Carlos's and Doc's relationship, how it's... They're same but different. I mean, very different in many aspects and kind of their working styles. Whereas, obviously, all the other pairings are all established partnerships that we kind of join in on. Uh, Other plot lines, the main ones, are the Kim-Bobby-Jimmy triangle, which kind of really just turns into Kim and Jimmy by the end of it. Um, So I think kind of that's a big focus for the first half of the season. But then Kim and Bobby sleep with each other, and he discovers Trevor... Uh, and she disappears, um, and then obviously Kim and Jimmy kind of by the end of it are sort of about to, and then stupid Brooke comes into it. <laughs> Boo, Brooke! Um, we obviously have uh, Davis and his dad. That that's that's a very recurring. Uh, storyline yes. over the seasons as well and kind of Davis wanting to n- learn a little bit more about what happened with his dad given that Sully used to be his uh, dad's partner before his dad died. Um, one here I kind of thought was a bit of a sort of a loose one to add but I think it's still important to mention is kind of the loneliness of Sully and just kind of like his date, just kind of like him outside of his job and what he's gotten to. I mean, it's kind of an ongoing theme of this season, you know, early on when he's with Maggie and then kind of just like the few little references at the end of his dating uh, Jimmy's gambling. I mean, Jimmy had to do something th- during this season before he overtook Bobby as a more relevant character, I guess. So we kind of had Jimmy's gambling habit. Um, the yokus, uh situation obviously with Fred and the whole alcoholic situation and just her managing a job and the kids I mean again some of these are recurring storylines that obviously continue on through the show but I'm guessing just the main ones of this season I uh, had to add Bobby and his brother I had to find something to do with Bobby this season but I, mean, I do think Bobby's, Bobby and Maddie was a key storyline for the middle part of this season so it needs to be mentioned uh, same with Bosco and Nicole I think that was kind of important to mention because it really is the only love story Bosco ever has in this show so I kind of think important to mention that uh and then also with love stories doc uh, i guess kind of him and morales and kind of moving forward they're, they're my main ones that are kind of your ongoing recurring storylines i don't know if you've got any there that you feel i've missed out but i, I... I mean
1: you covered basically the same ones i was going to mention besides one i would say bosco and his background a lot i mean his parents and yeah yeah i know that that one was a lot i mean with the i think it was like the third episode to last or fourth with the boys and and then you have a few other ones like when when your favorite episodes in Ohio where he mentions his girl him growing up and a few others were when Faith wasn't gonna make it with Fred at one point I mean so that was a definitely recurring as well. Yeah, no,
0: I agree with that because I think it's important with that one too, similar to kind of if we're, if we're mentioning something like Sully and his dating, that like, yeah, you're right because, you know, that's going to become a recurring theme over the years and we'll obviously have key storylines with Bosco and his family, you know, moving through to like, uh, you know, season five uh, in particular. So I, I kind of think that there's definitely that's, that's, yeah, very, very good point that needs to be mentioned. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's none else that you think I've missed there or.
1: No, pretty much we covered that. I mean,
0: I think you could add Carlos in his background then if you're going to put bot, just because, you know, we obviously get the elements there of Carlos's, uh, you know, growing up. And we get these real sort of uh, shades of dick Carlos, don't we? You know, with the whole Vangy situation. So
1: I love it. (laughs) We
0: all do, let's be honest.
1: Yeah. I I mean, Carlos is that bold person that we all want to be at times, so. Yeah, I mean
0: all. I mean all the characters. Really, I guess you could argue it's 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 character development. That's clearly what they've got to do in a show. But like, I mean, you know, like each of the characters. I guess if you went through them, you know, obviously we went through Bosco, their Yokus. Obviously, as we we're saying in terms of you know her sort of family dynamics. Uh, Doc sort of moving on to Morales and kind of. I think my point that I've tried to sell this season is you know the downfall of uh, Doc. Kind of you know what's going to move on with him. <laughs> Uh, Carlos, obviously. I mean, Jimmy, we don't get a whole lot uh, in terms of just really the Kim and the situation, him being a father and kind of struggling with the elements of that. Um, You know, Bobby, as we kind of touched on a little bit there, we get a tiny bit on his background, um, obviously with his mum and kind of like his dad walking out of them and all his brothers and sisters, uh, which again will be touched on here in Season 2, but not too much because... Bobby leaves in season two, um, you know. Spoiler alert, but we're not going to say how he leaves. Um, you know, Kim obviously again with sort of her background, so intertwined there with Jimmy. Um, you know, Sully as we mentioned, Davis as we mentioned too. So um, yeah, I think kind of it's important to establish these characters moving forward uh, with sort of their background. But yeah, you're right. Like I mean, Bosco, I think kind of it's a key one there, given that he's is I guess talked more about uh, a lot more in future episodes. So. Um, yeah I mean that kind of leads us I think really into um, we we can kind of like touch on this really with the main cast and what I think we should do each season is kind of come up with who we feel the star of the season was like who was the you can maybe go over one character or like a pairing like one of the pairs that you maybe feel this season they were the stars of and I think that'll be an interesting thing to come to the conclusion at the end of every season Uh, And, I mean, when we say main cast, I kind of – I touched on in the last episode uh, of our recap in terms of the main build cast. So when I say main cast, I'm talking about the ones whose names appear in the credits and who are labelled as main cast. So we have nine in this first season. And obviously, just to clarify that for those playing at home, that is obviously uh, Bosco, Jason Wiles, we have Davis, Kobe Bell, Sully, Skip Suddath. Carlos, uh, Anthony Reaver, Molly Price. Uh, of course, he's Jokus. Kim Raver as Kim. Uh, Bobby Cannavale as Bobby. Uh, we have Michael Beach as Doc and Eddie Cibrian as Jimmy. Now, uh, Chris Bauer, Fred Jokas, um, not star billing like yet. He will become main title, I think. Season two, maybe, um, but he's not. Um, uh, no, season three I'm reading here. So first two seasons, he's billed as a recurring cast. So we'll lump him into that section in a second. But, I mean, just... Uh, look, we could be here all day in terms of talking about each of them. We kind of did touch on a little bit there in, in the main storylines. But anything you really want to add in terms of your, your, your favourites who had the most, uh, I guess, best best run in this season and who to you would be the star... Of this season? Who is the number one to you? <laughs> that can be based on personal opinion. That can just be your favorite this season. Uh, you know.
1: Yeah. I get you. It's tough though. Because there's a few. I would say between Faith and Bosco. And Doc and Carlos. Mm. I mean. I would say Faith and Bosco. Because their storylines were very powerful at times. And I would say for character growth. I would say Doc and Carlos. Character growth. Doc and Carlos. Doc and Carlos. For More of a, what's the right word, I guess, for our character arc in terms of, like, developing character backgrounds a little bit more, I would say Faith and Bosco. Because we we explored a lot more of Faith's family side than any other character, I guess. We got to see more of her family.
0: Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. The thing that is obviously difficult, though, is because it's such an ensemble show and they spread it out so well that... um, I I mean, it definitely, I feel, comes to personal preference. I mean, I I agree with you wholeheartedly about Bosco and for sure. Uh, I agree with both of your choices. I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, I would just throw something different out there just for the sake of, you know, throwing something different out. Um, The development of Davis, I think, works really well with Sully, just like starting him off as that fresh-faced rookie that by the end of it, like kind of in the penultimate episode there where he's sort of, you know, driving the car and, you know, uh, kind of the whole, uh, you know, early on we get... um, uh, oh God! I've forgotten the line. It's like um, we're solving problems. There we go. We kind of we go from solving problems and you know not taking cross complaints and all that sort of stuff. But you know, Davis is very much by the book. But by the end of the season, you know, he's learning to be like Sully, if you know what I mean, and kind of you know not yeah, take yeah. cross complaints and things like that. So I think Davis to me is definitely a standout in his development across this season. Um, just kind of you know playing, putting a different one out there. Um, I mean, I agree with all your choices, um, and I'd probably. Yeah, I might just throw Davis in there. Because, I mean, I'm not taking away from any other characters. They've all got their own right. But, I mean, you know, I think kind of from where they start the season to where they end, kind of going back onto our rookie sort of thing, like Carlos and Davis, their development... Uh, but yeah, Bosco is absolutely. Doc, for sure, in terms of where he starts to where he is. I mean, you've got to throw in like someone like how he's with Jerry at the beginning and how he's with Morales at the end. I'm not saying he was with, with Jerry. I mean, he could have been. Who knows? Um, but, uh, no, they're brothers. We know that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. And, and not taking away from the other characters, I just feel that, like, you know, Kim's storyline, Bobby's storyline, Jimmy's, you know, so they're they're kind of all very stagnant in terms of... Not stagnant, but, like, they're not as open-ended as the other characters if that makes sense they're not as weighty and and fat like and i'm not calling the characters fat the, the storylines are fatter <laughs> for the other ones <laughs> i just called the characters fat ben good job uh-
1: <laughs> i love it <laughs> never a dull moment on this podcast
0: <laughs> yeah, never
1: um but kind of then going
0: through uh the recurring cast now it's a I've written down a few because unlike our nip-tuck ones where I've kind of got articles where I can... Clearly see who the main ones are. This one's kind of really going on on what we can come up with because obviously there's not a whole lot written out there in Third Watch. But so the main recurring cast, and when I say recurring cast, I want to establish that these are characters that have to appear in more than one episode. So like we're not talking about our favourite like one-time you know perps or people like that. Obviously on Nip Tuck we have a separate one there where we can talk about the main surgery person in terms of that because generally the episodes of course in that are named after a uh, an episode. The person, the episode is named after the main person, I should say. So, this is kind of recurring characters across the first season. So, obviously, I've touched on Fred. Fred is going to be there all the time until he joins the main cast. Um, We're obviously going to go over Candyman, he becomes sort of a recurring one. Uh, the captain who, uh, again, I've gone completely blank on his, the actor's name. He's a very established actor who sadly is no longer with us. I'll, I'll clear that one up in just a second. Uh, that's the police captain, by the way. We don't really have a recurring fire captain yet because, I mean, he, the, the, The recurring fire, bless you. The 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 firehouse seemed to have about thirty different captains, I think, uh, in this season. James Rebhorn is the captain I'm uh, thinking of. Um, DK and Walsh are established in this season. We don't get a lot of DK and Walsh in the firehouse, but we get enough of them to know that they're a thing. Uh, But they obviously become more prominent as the seasons move forward. Obviously, Morales, um, she's one of arguably the main sort of recurring one, alongside Fred. You would argue. Maddie is in uh, 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 Bobby's brother, Uh, Joey. You've got to put Joey in there. I mean, he's a recurring character. Uh, Jerry I've put in there just because obviously he's in the first episode. You know, we don't know that he's not going to be in this for the whole thing. And then he is in it for at least two more episodes after that. Um, Nicole, of course. Uh, Maggie, as in Davis's Uh, mum. Our dear Fred, Malcolm. Uh, and our dear friend Dana, uh, um, and Vangie. I haven't put Vangie on here, but she just came to my mind as well. So, uh, anyone else that you feel I'm missing there? No. Do we get Brooke? Oh, boo, Brooke. <laughs> um, I guess we, I guess we, I guess we have to add her in there. Sadly, um,
1: she, she's been there more than a few now. So I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm missing one. I don't know. I, I feel we
0: are. I, I think we're going to do this probably every season where we're going to feel we are maybe yeah. missing a few. But again, if people <laughs> are listening and they want to kind of, uh, you know, shoot us a message, oh, you miss this person. But out of all those ones that we've gone through, I mean, who was the, who do you think were the standout side characters and who were like the shit ones? I'm straight away going to say Dana and Brooke were the shit ones. Um, and, and Malcolm. No, Malcolm's okay. Hey, say how
1: you feel.
0: Yeah, in? I will, Just I will. Uh, and to me the standouts Morales by far number one uh, Nicole I fucking love Nicole whenever she's on screen um, I mean Fred like we, we always love Fred of course we do um, but yeah I, I, I also look from what we got of Jerry Jerry was great and Jerry does come back in the future very briefly uh, but um, yeah that they, they would be my options for that
1: I would say Malcolm's one of my favorites, just because I love to see that little. Uh, I love to see the character arc with Davis and Malcolm, and like how he took to. I don't know. I feel like it kind of helped his character grow in terms of being in terms of his. I don't know how to explain it. In terms of him being a police officer, I mean, he took to the streets and he kind of started caring about community, and that was like his way of like taking Malcolm on his, his wing. And I would say the least favorite was. Mm, Joey got on my nerves a lot. <laughs> just because he was a little brat
0: <laughs> Aww, I mean like, I mean, he's like
1: he's a little cute kid, but I guess it was annoying because he broke their kid's arm. and He was like, Yeah, and I was just mad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can't get over that. I just can't get over that. And then he didn't get no he didn't really get any discipline. So
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, good point. I I should also add Sunny. I mean Sunny was kind of in there for the beginning of course, Sunny like sure. Sunshine. Uh, and I guess, I mean, you know, Emily and, and Charlie, I mean, they weren't really that prominent enough this season. Like, they were kind of blinking and you miss it background characters. But, I mean, I guess people would argue in Nip-Tuck about including Annie. But we always include Annie, because Annie is awesome. Just so shut up. Um, but, I mean, Emily, particularly Emily, becomes a lot more relevant moving forward. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess also kind of just on that, I mean... I haven't written these down because there was heaps, but are there any of the one-time sort of people that you feel stood out? Like, I mean, uh, I you know, off the top of my head, like um, the, the the clown guy, I mean, he was technically in it for two episodes, but like in the very, you know, first episode, and then when he gets, you know, oh, should we for him? Oh, look out for that dog! Uh, um, you know, random clown guy. I really liked him. Um, uh, obviously, just, you know, a couple of standouts here. We talked about like the big stars this season. Um, you know, with, uh, Leah Michelle, obviously being in this season, um, and, uh, uh, Will Arnett. So, you know, a couple of those names, obviously just pointing out, but, um, yeah, I, I outside of the clown, I can't remember his character's name, but I mean, were there any kind of one-timers that really stood out for you?
1: Absolutely. Uh, the episode 15 officer involved, the lady who at the end screamed at Davis when oh, she yeah. went off. I don't know her name. But that stands out, because she was just very powerful. Um,
0: Completely agree.
1: I would say one-time character in terms of a cameo with Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, yeah, know, yeah, of course, she's...
0: of course, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a few of them. I just, no, I'm, I'm forgetting one. I'm sure I'm forget. I mean, it's going to come back to me later. I'm like, crap, I forgot.
0: I that. want a, <laughs> a special note for myself then, uh, just on big names, J.K. Simmons. Uh, obviously, I've been the episode that he was in, but, uh, you know, I mean, big star J.K. Simmons obviously oh. been in it, and... Um, It's interesting kind of like, you know, going on what you're saying there in terms of um, uh, Rosie O'Donnell and I think we mentioned this on our episode, but she becomes like a recurring character in Nip Tuck. So it's interesting how like our Nip Tuck and Third Watch episodes kind of uh, blend in with it a little bit. But um, obviously, you know, in terms of these cameos, we will, you know, point out, as I said, uh, these big name actors who go on to bigger and better things because we've still got a few of these to come in terms of our big-name people. I mean, let's just tease a few here, Brandy in in future seasons. You know, we've got people like Gene Simmons still to come. We've got Eve. We've got Viola Davis. Uh, You know, we've got... uh, um, Oh, God, I've gone completely blank on her name. Helen Mirren. Mia Farrow. Like, these established actors and actresses who are going to be in this show on a show that not many people realise exists. You know, we have some huge stars that have been in Third Watch over the years. You know, Wycliffe Jean... Uh, you know, Henry Winkler, uh, just these random people who are in this, um, that again, people probably don't even realize appeared in third watch. So, yeah.
1: I mean, I would say one more character, Chester. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Freaking Chester.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like one of our main, like, well, you'll see him again. You'll first. see him
0: again. We establish that the actor who plays him comes back as a different character in a future season. But actually, it's interesting. Yeah, like, these standout kind of villains. You're right. And it's actually interesting. We talked, I think, in the last episode about, you know, seeing our main cast in um, other shows. Actually, the guy who plays Chester was actually in the most recent season of House of Cards. Um, and huh. quite good. Quite a good actor. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting kind of seeing these, uh, these people, obviously, uh, moving forward. Um, so, I mean, I guess kind of leading in here towards the, uh, you know, other parts of it. I mean, this is kind of a very open-ended question in terms of what worked and what didn't work, you feel, this season. Um, I really think there's very little that didn't work this season overall, because, I mean, this is your establishing season, getting to know these people, and we've kind of covered all that in the, the plot lines and obviously the main parts with it. I mean, there's very little in this season I feel overall doesn't work, besides the real little nitpicky things that we've pointed out, like, you know... The one thing I'm going to say didn't work is tonight on Third Watch. <clears throat> Excuse me. It gets me so worked up that my voice changes. Um, I, yeah, I cannot <laughs> stand that shit. That's ridiculous. Um, and other than that, I mean, I don't really think of anything that stands out to me. What worked? I mean, pretty much everything worked to me this season. Uh, you know, one thing that I don't know if we talked about too much, I think we did at the beginning, but we kind of faded away from giving it its, uh, its due, was the, the like... New York as an extra character. I mean, if you watch the the um, the documentary that's on the first season DVD, the creators basically talk about how New York is a character of this show. It is the main character of this show because, you know, they are filming this show on the streets of New York. This is not shot in a studio. This is all filmed in New York. And, like, little things that they point out, which I'm pretty sure we've mentioned before, but if we haven't, like, this is a very interesting fact, is, like, you'll see a scene where a bike messenger is, like, going through the shot and you're thinking, like, oh, that's pretty, like, realistic, like, you know, they've gotten an extra to ride on a bike, but no, that was an actual bike messenger who ignores the the fact that they've closed down this street to film a TV show. Uh, you know, there, there's scenes where the character's, are, like, walking near a subway and they've got to speak loudly because the train's going past. And, like, that's all just kept in. Like, they're told to kind of act around New York because New York is the character. So, to me, that definitely works in this first season. And it, it, it stays through it the entire season, Uh, you know. And, like, my love of New York City has always been there. But, I mean, this show solidified it so much. And, I mean, again, my email address, and people sure can email me if they want to, is nyc 55 david. So I mean I mean that's my Twitter handle. It's my Facebook profile handle. You know, it's just essentially my username that I use for everything. So um yeah, it's I think that to me just something I wanted to side point out here with the what worked area. So again, don't know if you got anything really to say. I mean, is there something here that really didn't work for you? Uh I mean look, let's be honest, it's Brooke. Uh but uh yeah, boo Brooke.
1: No, I mean no, I definitely I will say what didn't work for me was a sunny episodes. But just because she was annoying. But
0: in terms of <laughs> <laughs> Tell us you really think Brandy. York,
1: as, <laughs> <laughs> I hated her. No. Um in terms of New York City, I believe, like, no, I'm I'm agreeing with you over hundred percent, just because like if this if this show was filmed anywhere else, I just it just would have been a completely different show as we know it. I mean, I don't know if it would have been as in depth, as as lovable as we think as we think it is, because in New York with the characters, it's just, it shine. Everything was well put together. I have nothing really bad to say about what didn't work. Or, I think all of it came together, to be honest. I and mean, like you said, besides the like the little nitpickings here and there, I mean, overall it was, it was great. And I think, I mean, I'm
0: trying. Yeah. F- future seasons will obviously, will have things that I'm no doubt we will say didn't work this season. and We'll get to that. But like, I mean, you're right about like, you can't imagine this show set anywhere else. Um, And, like, I've said this a lot in a lot of our other episodes through TV and movie recaps, but, like, I'm the type of person that the setting of a movie or a TV show to me is vitally important, and I love it when they incorporate the setting into it. Um, And that's kind of, like, one thing that we're noticing on Nip Tuck is that the the setting of Miami is kind of forgotten about after a certain point. Like, you barely remember they're in Miami or Florida. It's kind of not used as much as I think they personally should and a big thing about Nip Tuck is that at the end of the fourth season, they relocate to Los Angeles. So there's kind of a storyline about them changing location. Um, so whereas here, like, you know, they're in New York. And I mean, obviously, when we get to the nine eleven storylines, that's going to be a huge focus of where they are. But it's still yeah. kind of... It's similar to what we talked about, I think, kind of last week in terms of, like, the strong female characters and what we've talked about this whole season, how, like, it's there. There are definitely issues when it comes to, you know, battle of the sexes with racism and things like that, but they don't overdo it. And, like, they don't need to overdo the fact they're in New York. You know they're in New York, but when it comes into play, it's, it's beautiful. And, um, yeah, I mean, just the, and the way this show is shot in the city, like, it's just... you just get so many aspects of what New York is really like. And, you know, having been there myself, like you can, you can get that vibe of the place and it's just, um, yeah, it just works so well with the show.
1: It vibes, the characters vibe with the show. I mean, not the show, but this with the city. And again, like I haven't been to New York yet, but when I visit, it's going to be hard to like acknowledge that. wait,
0: Faith and Bosco are right here, you know? I mean, because it's so... Ridiculous. Wait do you, so you see NYPD officers for the first time, where you see a car drive past. Like, you just, you can't help it. Like, I legitimately like, holy shit! I'm like, oh, wait, no, they're real cops. Do you know Faith?
1: <laughs> oh, my God, where's... Do you know Bosco? Is Bosco, is Bosco working?
0: Yeah, like, you know, don't I say didn't... that to them. They'll probably arrest you, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, they're probably, yeah, they'll probably... Get just out of here! <laughs> I end up in a padded room somewhere. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um,
0: but I mean, yeah. that's
1: how well this, these characters vibe with the city. That like, again, there's times I remind myself, like, wait, Brandy, we need go to New York. For don't don't think that they're cops. They're actually gonna be there. You know, I've had to remind myself that because it just vibes so well. And like you said, it's beautiful, beautifully well done. the thing about this show, like you said, is like they don't preach on too many topics. Like they touch on it just enough to get you thinking about it but not, not enough to really preach on it where it's just overdone and you're just like, I'm done with this show or yeah. I'm done with this episode. I it think doesn't I th- take away from the plot of this, the episode.
0: And I think what's really important to establish in terms of the what work category here, which, again, we we're going to talk about this differently in future seasons, just going on the on the ensemble of this cast and how well it's spread out the storylines, like, you know, with the exception of Jimmy early on, where kind of he's forgotten about every now and then, um, it's, it's like, it is so, I think, done well how they spread this out evenly between the police the paramedics and the firefighter you know what i mean like it is spread whereas later on when we get to future seasons we're going to be saying this is kind of a cop show now so it's kind of there is a point of third watch where sadly the police do take over and i I, when i say sadly i'm not saying that the person is a fan i don't necessarily not like that it's just a shame that you know we forget i think we've touched on this in terms of season six where you know just the paramedics are just completely almost obsolete and their storylines are kind of the, the comedic aspects of the episode. And you know, like the firefighters by the end of season six, I just, you, Oh fuck, that's right. There's firefighters in this show. So it's kind of, you know, we really are at peak third watch right now in terms of the sharing of the storylines and what we kind of alluded for season two with, yeah, we've got really character centric episodes where each episode for the most part, is just focused purely on one character. It's kind of narrated by one character and we get it all about them, but it still intertwines with the other characters. Like, you don't forget the other ones are there. But I'm pretty sure from memory we get a few episodes moving forward into Season 2 where you won't even see a character at all. Like, I know we've kind of gotten you know, episodes where Jimmy's not seen, but for the most part, every episode this season has had each of the other eight in it at, at least once in an episode. There's at least one episode I know where Jimmy wasn't in, and in general that might have been the only one. But, um, yeah, so I kind of think we we are at peak uh, third watch right now in terms of it's shared out evenly, it's all about the characters, you know, moving mm-hmm. forward, it's not going to be shared out evenly, and moving forward there are many elements, particularly in the sixth season, I don't mean to shit all in the sixth season all the time, but... We'll get to that, obviously, but there are elements of the sixth season where it kind of takes over. It's more about the job rather than the characters, so I think it's important to just realise where we're at right now about this is where Third Watch works best.
1: Uh, I can't touch on that. That was briefly well put. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. No, no, I'm I was just shaking my head yes the whole time. Like, I agree. i. <laughs>
0: All right, well, you know, we've established that I'm smart, apparently, so I like that. <laughs> there you go. There's the inflated ego. Thank you very much. Uh, the I'll best and worst episodes. Now, I mean, look, we can kind of go over this in terms of, like, as I said at the end of last episode. You know, I bought a lot more of these episodes than you did. But, I mean, you, you didn't bin any episodes. So, you know my worst episode straight away. I'm going to say it was Demolition Derby. And, like, as I kind of said in that episode, it's not that, like a bin it of third watch to me is still better than a it of many other shows. I'm still going to watch that episode. I don't skip that episode. I went over my reasons why I've been that in that episode, but like, I think that this is a difficult one. I think next season is going to be even more difficult to pick out like my favorite episodes, but you can't go past the premiere. Welcome to Camelot. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think that is a real standout. It really sets this show up. Uh, I love Ohio, of course you know I really love Ohio I think that's a fantastic episode I do love these episodes where it is You know, really related around the characters And kind of just not necessarily on their jobs And kind of just them interacting more so than working Um, That's why I love After Hours so much In the next season Uh, Obviously as I I touched on a couple of weeks back uh, Just Another Night at the Opera I think it's a very underrated episode uh, And I think it's it's such a a good little one Um, And yeah, I mean, I know you're probably going to put this as your favourite. I think uh, History of the World was a great little episode. Um, I mean, there's just so many. There's so many. But, I mean, to me, that's my standouts in terms of those. And even the last episode, Young Men and Fire, I think, was a very well-crafted finale. But uh, if I had to pick my favourites, I'm going to go with Welcome to Camelot, Ohio, and uh, Just Another Night at the Opera. And, yeah, my least favourite, Demolition Derby. Uh, to me, yeah, just, ugh, it's, I mean, it's, it's preachy. Um, and that's kind of where I'll leave it because even my rent its I still think a very strong episode, so yeah,
1: wow, okay well, I will say favorite five of mine would be welcome to Camelot, of course, the first episode, I mean we both had to have that on our list it just set up it just set up everything so well, and like again, the first scene you see Bosco, you know his character right off back, what he is and what this what kind of tone this this show is gonna have, and then the history of the world is definitely one of my favorites and anywhere but there mm-hmm. i mean anywhere but here is one of my another favorite of mine and responsible parties i mean those episodes right there would be my top five there you
0: go. know and did you have a least favorite what would have been your least favorite this season
1: oh you're gonna not like me but ohio yeah, i
0: thought you were <laughs> gonna say that um <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was just and i think i think that's the one i kind of, i rented because it was yeah. just i don't know politics maybe it's just okay maybe because I didn't have a problem with it then, but maybe it's just too close to home right now, being in America. So maybe if I like watch it, well, hopefully, shh, oh, well, hopefully sooner. The next eight years, I don't know if he'll get elected again, but maybe.
0: <laughs> don't make people just, panic. Like, I mean, they're, they're just, scared just enough over four like, years.
1: Just, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm hoping he gets impeached soon. I mean, I've still got my hopes up. But Ohio, I think it's my least favorite right now because it's political. But you know, if Trump is out of office, come back to me and then ask me if it's my favorite. If it's a good one. <laughs> yeah,
0: alright. Good 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 answer. Uh, now we kind of <laughs> what we will do at the end of every season is we do these two main things which are kind of the fun part of this. I'm not saying this hasn't been fun, I've had a lot of fun, but uh, we're gonna rank each of the seasons and also then bring our top five moments. Now this is gonna be the easiest of all the seasons right now, Brandy, because if we're ranking the seasons, we have to like put in order of our favourite seasons. And clearly right now we've got no option. You and I are both gonna put season one at number one so uh this will be a bit more of a topical debate next season and from every season forward so by the end of season two we're going to say like okay did you like season two better than season one would you put season two in number one or number two Then season three obviously you'll do it in that order so right now just to confirm it for the record brandy in what position would you put season one out of the one season so far we have gone through a third watch just number one. Oh my god i wasn't expecting that why why would you Could say I, that you? <laughs> what about you uh, look I disagree. I I wouldn't put it at number one. I'd personally put it at number one. I think it's not that high, but not that brilliant. So uh, yeah, why would you do that? Because I'm a dickhead. I don't think. That- uh, <laughs> I said it. I said it. Um, uh, sorry, sorry. Hang on. Meant, that's what I meant to say. Oh, thanks for disagreeing with me on the whole dickhead thing, and you're meant to be like, oh, but you said it. <laughs> Uh, but this this is the fun part. This is a really, really fun part. One thing I'll say is like, um, I remember many, many years ago, uh, a friend of mine, we watched, uh, we kind of had a trade where we like would each say like, let's watch a favorite show of each other and kind of, you know, let's show yeah. each other this sort of stuff. I tried to get her to watch third watch, but she wouldn't do it. So uh, it was 24. I made her watch 24. She made me watch Buffy. And uh, she found this thing on the internet. This is pre-YouTube days. Uh, where she found like a fan website had created the top 10 Buffy moments of all time, and they put together a little fan video of the moments. I fucking loved it, I thought it was brilliant. So I went and made a top 10 24 moments, and this was only like 24 was still on air, it wasn't even ended yet, so that was a lot of fun. I'd always wanted to put together a top 10 Third Watch moments, um, and this was back in the day when I was on Live Journal and in a few little Third Watch Live Journal communities, but I could never get people on board to really help me out with it, so I never did it. So what. I think would be a fun thing to do. And we're doing this obviously in our NipTap ones. We've done this on some of our Survivor ones. At the end of every season, we're going to come up with five moments from each season that we feel are the top five moments of the season. And then when we get to the end of all six seasons, we will choose five of those moments from the six, five videos and then come up with our ultimate top five moments of all time from third watch. So this is a part now, Brandy, where you and I have got to come up with a top five for season one And to establish this, this is five moments. So, this isn't like a collective five, you know, storylines or things like this. This is five scenes. We've kind of got to rule this. In a scene, so we kind of even can't have collective scenes here. We've got to kind of keep it as one scene. And what we will do, we will put a video of this together again if we put this on oh, like YouTube, uh, Facebook, and they get taken down, it's out of our control. But we will still have this uh, list on our website at least to kind of point that out there. Hopefully, the video won't get taken down. So these are our five moments, and this I found very difficult because unlike a lot of the seasons moving forward. There's a lot of little moments here which I think can make it, but there's probably only one, maybe two I would say like 100% have to be on this list. Other the rest of it I think's up to interpretation. So I just want to say straight away, my two, well my my one guaranteed moment that I feel should be on this list no matter what because I think it's important for the characters and it's important moving forward particularly with one of these characters to me, it is a scene with Sully and Davis in the park where Sully is explaining to Davis about how his father got shot. To me, that is the one absolute that I will fight for that has to be in this top five. I don't know if you had that on your initial list a lot, but that's my one main one that I said would have to be on this list.
1: No, I. you took a serious turn. I, um, <laughs> I was Bosco running up kid just because again i feel like it sets up the storyline so well in that one scene i mean usually you get the tone of a show in that first scene of if it's going to be like a a comedy or a serious show or like i mean right then and there you kind of know third watch is going to be different yeah oh and look i don't i I don't
0: i do not in any way disagree with that that scene was uh on my list here that i've written in front of me too so i mean this is where we can obviously you know kind of vote and see what we're doing there but I, i would just argue that that scene was powerful, it was it was well-acted, it was well-written, it's important for the overall context of the storyline with Davis in particular. Uh, so I, I just... I feel like if I'm thinking of these key scenes in this season, that to me is a standout, and I might even argue is the number one, but we'll get to... We've got to vote these in order once we come up with our five. So, I mean... I don't know, Are you, do you agree with what I just said or disagree? I agree, or? no, I
1: agree. I think that, I didn't have it on mine. No, I do agree with it. I didn't have it on mine. I was just, no, I was just like loving how, how you took that. And I was like, wow, okay, I didn't even think about that one scene. So, I mean, I'm happy you pointed it out because that is a very big scene because it does, it does matter down the line as well. So that's a huge scene.
0: Now, uh, we'll just reiterate, I mean, when we put this list up, we will obviously put the episodes that they're in. Um, so I'm thinking was this episode, was this like episode three or episode four? It was right at the beginning uh or was it number two well <laughs> it's in the first four episodes <laughs> specifics people um now uh you so your your scene that you mentioned there so the the opening scene from welcome to camelot where we've got uh right here right now being played as Bosco's chasing the kid into the car and officer sullivan officer sullivan you know i popped him for curfew last week these are his exact words like you think that scene should be in it
1: I definitely think so well I think it was more so like when Bosco like you see how you wrote a uh, dick on the side of the car and you see Bosco like yeah, like Yeah. You know you know, I think it was just right then and there you knew this third watch was gonna be kinda gritty. Yeah. Not to the not really gritty, but you just knew it was gonna be different. Because okay. that's what pulled me in when I first got into Third Watch was like, Wow, this is gonna be different. This is This is not going to be like, oh, sorry about being offensive, or, you know, it was more like, this is going to be a show that you could just get into, and you knew it wasn't going to have, like, that many boundaries. Yeah. In the beginning, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, nowadays, it would, but more so, yeah, that scene right there, and when the sirens go up, and Bosco's like, fuck, you know, and
0: yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, for sure. I, I, I was definitely thinking that too. So I'm going to write that down. I think I can agree with that should be in the top five uh, the opening scene. Uh, I mean, a couple of ones that kind of going on that first episode, which, look, again, I'm going to go over some of my moments here, but uh, one potentially, which again, one thing that I think kind of we need to, it's going to be difficult with so many main cast is try and spread it. We don't obviously want it to be too police heavy. We don't want it to be too paramedic heavy. And obviously then we've also got to look at, you know, when it comes to like, we don't want. There might be an episode where we're going to have five moments in one episode alone, if you know what I mean. So I guess, like, I, I would agree the two that we've just gotten there are guaranteed to be on this list. The, the the one... This isn't from the same episode. I'll come back to that one from Welcome to Camelot in a second. The other one that I would... My, my number two that I said probably should be on this list uh, would be Bobby and Kim kissing. They finally kiss. Um, that leads the end yeah. of... Yeah, that to me, I think, is vital in the storyline uh so that to me would yes. be the other one that i would have fought for to be on this list
1: that is on my list literally so yeah. right now i was looking at it so yeah i i guess we would put that there because i feel like that is vital because i was such a big tension build up for the longest time yeah. and when it finally happens i mean that's definitely important that was definitely important like the audience like the listeners know you know or needed to know like you know, it was something that was resolved in season one. It's not something we have to look forward to, like, in season two. I mean, I don't know if that's spoiler or not, but pretty much they're best friends now, and that's how it's going to stay.
0: And can I, you know? yeah, and to clarify when I say kiss, because I know they technically kiss twice. this Well, Bobby went in to kiss her at one point. I'm talking about when they actually kiss, and they obviously at the end of the episode where they ultimately will have sex. I'm not talking about the one where Bobby goes in to kiss her, and she's like, Bobby, like, turns away. So, yeah, the that bit. and okay. Yeah. Uh, And just quickly to backtrack... one,
1: they're both
0: important. Yeah, oh, exactly. Well, um, just backtracking uh, the episode where Davis learns about in the park. I've just looked it up here. It's uh, episode two, anywhere but here. So I knew it was in the first four episodes. So um, just to clarify that one. So, okay, so our three so far, we've got Davis learning about uh, his dad in the park, that scene that I just mentioned. We've got the opening scene from the very first episode and Bobby and Kim finally hook up. So there are three locked in. We haven't put them in order yet. Now, the other one... I'll just go through the ones up here and you can go through the ones there and we can see what match up. So... The other ones that I've got here, are, I've got the end of Welcome to Camelot. Um, not when Jerry gets shot. The the moment when they're in the ambulance and it leads into them in the hospital where they're all together. And Doc gets up on the box and kind of looks over the, the screen. And you've got Battersea playing in the background by Hooverphonic. And I think a lot of why that is important, I think, on the grand scheme of things is you've got a an ensemble cast. You've got them all together, which shows their close working relationship of how they're all intertwined with each other. And also the, the tie in fact that that is the song that will play in the very final scene of the final episode. So I, I, that, that would be my argument for that. I'll come back to it like this, uh, added to that Jerry shooting just as a separate one. Uh, Jimmy's Jimmy getting shot. Uh, I've got Bosco getting shot and thrown out the window, which is what also in any way about here. Uh, I've got, uh, speech to Davis when they're, when Yocas is basically saying, like, you've got to decide what cop you want to be, you get a bit of Bosco, you get a bit of Sully. Um, I've got Yocas dumping Caesar in the alley. Um, to, like, basically getting killed. Uh, I've got Morales and Doc's first kiss. Uh, and I've also got, uh, Doc and Carlos's fight, where they punch each other up. So they're the moments that I've written down as possible i don't know if you had any matching there or if you had any others that i i've missed there
1: i have two matching ones because like i had some more moments but then i had to cross them off because i was like okay i need to get this down to big five moments and i would say the doc and colors fight is actually one of them yep and, and jerry like the amp, doc is like put your mask on jerry like that scene Every time, I don't care how many times I watch that episode.
0: I'm thinking about it right <laughs> now, Brandy. I'm literally getting goosebumps. I'm I'm not even joking because
1: yeah, I, I think I time. mentioned in that
0: first episode that song Battersea by Hooverphonic. Just that's a song that makes me cry.
1: Um, and like here, yeah, 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 you get tears in the eyes. Like it, it fills you up. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with that i'm i would argue against it if you didn't put it on because that scene right there like put well, the we mask might on just Jerry. Have
0: come put... up with our final two scenes there we might have just established our five unless you kind of want to fight for any other scenes really there because i mean like if we both agree with dr I... and carlos fight and then the closing scene of episode one i mean i know you would argue we've got two scenes from episode one but i think they're kind of both their own uh animals there that <laughs> need to be in the huge. sleep yeah
1: i think they're huge and then dr and carlos the fight I think that's huge because that was a turning point i feel like that was a i feel like that was a turning point in two in two ways one because it was finally like dark and carlos kind of grew some respect i feel like they like let it out and then after the end and then the fight doc was like i mean carlos was like wow you got like a, a left like what i mean left hook or something like that and then also morales i think at that point you also appreciate the Mor- morales and doc you know where it's beginning and so, I mean, I'm not going to argue that one either. It's, I, it's, I think,
0: I think well, the thing we've got here too with these brandies, is the fact that you've got three key establishing scenes that establish partnerships moving forward. So you have, obviously, Davis and Sully kind of solidifying, you know, because you had a bit of that in the first two episodes in regards to Sully was sceptical about working in with his dad and kind of, you know, back and forth, and then this kind of, I think, solidified a little bit, you know, that moment when he's like, that's the worst day of my life, and Davis is like, mine too. Uh, Then, obviously, as you were saying, with Doc and Carlos, like, you've had this build-up between these two, they kind of punch it out, and then they're kind of, well, they're not fine, they still have their animosity towards each other, but they still, you know, that's kind of, that tension's gone. And then tension, of course, uh, in regards to Bobby's pants, Uh, you know, finally him and Kim hook up. So I kind of think you've got three absolute, you know, vital scenes there for characters. And then to bookend those, like, as you argued for, which I think was done fantastically, that opening scene about setting up what this show is about, and then to close it off, like, that's where the first episode is so beautifully done uh, in terms of bookended because, like, even that scene, like, yeah, Jerry's not going to go on to be a major character in this show, but, like, just... The, the franticness, and we're seeing this kind of from many levels in terms of the the bond that all of these guys have. Because, again, similar to why I love Ohio so much, and then similar to why I'm saying I love After Hours so much, is I love these episodes where all the characters are together, and they're very few and far between moving forward post season two. So, um, I think just that that shot of all of them standing—they're not even saying anything; they're just all looking, and they're all standing next to each other. You know what I mean? So, I kind of think th- that to me sets up. It's like this show is about all of these people. It's not just about Bosco. It's not just about Doc. You know what I mean? So that's that shared scene where you're like, first episode, you've gone one scene which you, you know, completely right with about how this is what's setting the show up. It's serious, but it's a bit, you know, quirky, a bit different. And then obviously you've then got that final scene with them there. So I I think we've got a great five there, to be honest. Uh,
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean the thing about this first episode is like it makes you well i don't know about anybody else but it makes me rethink like what kind of people do i have in my life i want that (laughs) i want that support. i want that community in my life like you see that love that they have for each other which is why i at one point wanted to become a cop because i was like okay i want that kind of family i want that dynamic i mean because it's so powerful and well played i mean yes i mean i love the thing about season one is like they've done so well is that you see like the little uh raft between Jimmy and Bosco and all, you know, the paramedics and the firefighters and the officers. But if you mess with one of their own, you know, you know, you got something coming to you. And I love that, you know, and I think it was done, like you said, very well, and especially like in the beginning scene, like when Jerry was in the hospital, and they were all just staying there. And they all showed up just, you know, and then when Kim takes Doc's hand, I think that right there was very, very well done. I love that part. I don't know why, but when she takes his hand, I think that says a lot, too, yep. without speaking words. Completely agree. And so.
0: Good five, Brandy. The difficult part now is we're going to put these in order. <laughs> so we have got to come up with a five to one. Um, is there any here that stand out for you as the fifth or stand out to you as number one? I mean, I'm going to argue for, well, I mean, even saying I'm going to argue for Davis learning about his dad at number one. I mean, God, I look, the, the two that we just went over could be number one. I mean, what's your thought process on the audio? What's the least... Maybe Doc and Carlos fighting would be number five. I mean, kind of, I think in terms of, no pun intended, packing a punch. Um, that's kind of the least weighty of all these storylines. It really has the least ramifications out of all five of these, if you know what I mean.
1: For me, I was... Well, for me, if I had put number one, I think it would be the introduction, just because it's the introduction, but I could see your point in terms of like how the series... The, the seriousness of that plot with Davis and Sully about his dad and I can see that but I would put the introduction I've kind of come around David,
0: I think the closing of episode one should be number
1: one <laughs> <laughs> mm, Hmm. I think I think so too because it's so powerful okay here I guess I would put it like this I guess it would be like one the introduction two uh, tie Solly and Davis and then three would be uh Doc and Carlos's fight, then four would be Kim and Bobby, and then five the, the the ending with Jerry.
0: But so is that is that in when you're saying one to five, are you saying five is in like the best? Like or one
1: five? to five, like that's the order I put it in. So I mean, one the first,
0: as in number so one. though, I'm talking about like number one is your the number one is the top moment. So is that your yeah the, op- the top moment? Is the opening or the closing of episode one?
1: The top moment would be the closing, for
0: okay. sure. Look, I'm going to agree with you. I think number one is closing of Welcome to Camelot. So that's the final scene where Jerry's, you know, put the mask on, put the mask on, we've got Battersea playing in the background, and um, then we've obviously got them all standing in the hospital. So we are both agreed that that is the number one moment of season one. Uh, so the number two moment... I, I'm just going to go back. I'm going to backtrack. To me, the, out of all those five, the one that is the least... Like out of all those five moments, I think is the Doc and Carlos fight. I think that should be number five. That's my argument. Well, wasn't really an argument. That's my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: I think that Kim and Bobby would be like the least.
0: So you think Kim and Bobby? Okay, look, I'll go with Kim yeah. and Bobby. I, look, I. Yeah, they're interchangeable. I think. I think. Yeah. All right, we'll go with that because I, I feel that. I guess overall, grand scheme of things, they fuck and then they're done. <laughs> they go back to being best
1: friends. <laughs> That's something. <what I'm> <laughs>
0: Keep it classy, Ben. Um, So, I'm going to put Kim and Bobby Kiss. uh, So, just for those at home, that, of course, is in this band of brothers. Uh, That is episode 13, uh, just in case people are wondering. So, I would then say the Doc and Carlos fight should be number four. Okay, I agree with that,
1: for sure. I just think the next
0: two scenes are more powerful and need to be hot. I mean, I, I just think in the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, they get a punch on, but, I mean... That's kind of it. Um, so that's that's in episode yeah. six. That's in Sunny Like Sunshine, uh, for those of you playing at home. Uh, so then, okay, we, so what's... I, I, I think maybe, just so we don't have back-to-back moments from the first episode, I would say that number three should be the opening, and then number two should be Davis and Sully in the park.
1: I agree. Davis and Sully was very powerful. Okay. So I would put that number two. So opening yeah,
0: scene uh, so that's episode one Welcome to Camelot and uh, number two as we just established is in Anywhere But Here so that's uh, Davis and Sully Davis, Sully I'm just running this down in Park that is in episode two so okay so this is our final list and again this will be on our website and we'll put a video together and again hopefully it won't get taken down on YouTube um, uh, Guy if you're listening maybe have a have a bit of a chat to uh, to Warner Brothers and uh, Ed Bonero this is all a fan project to you guys uh, so now for the fifth Number five moment from this season is Kim and Bobby finally getting together. They're kissing. That is, of course, in episode 13, this band of brothers. Uh, A number four moment is Doc and Carlos finally coming to blows. they're punching in the ambulance bay. That is in episode six, Sunny Like Sunshine. Number three, the third moment of this season is the very opening scene of this show. Welcome to Camelot. As soon as we see the credits rolling, uh, we get uh, right here, right now, playing in the background by Fatboy Slim... And then that moves into Bosco chasing down the guy into Sully's car. Uh, pay particular attention to Sully's great hairstyle. I don't know if we really touched on that too much in the very first episode. Um, the number two moment is uh, Davis and Sully in the park and uh, anywhere but here, the second episode, where basically uh, Sully goes over the death of um, Davis's dad and what happened. And our number one moment for the entire season is the closing to episode one. Welcome to Camelot. After Jerry has been shot, they're in the ambulance, and kind of just everything that goes through there is bad by By Hooverphonic plays. Done. There we go. Uh, Brandy, uh, how do you think that ended up? Good.
1: That was great. I, I, I agree. Great. I think we'll have later. We'll have more debates later on. But I think for the first season, there's no, yeah, we're doing good. We're doing great.
0: We're doing good. That's that's a good summary of this episode. We're doing good uh so moving forward though um right now uh brandy season two and look i've talked so much about how much i love this season and um you know i said about nip tuck season two i said it's one of the best seasons of television i'm gonna say it again one of the best seasons of television look more so the most underrated seasons of television at least nip tuck season two got acknowledged for winning a golden globe for best tv drama Whereas you know here we don't really have much um, you know awards that it won, but like just kind of you know things to look forward to. As I've kind of alluded to, this this really becomes character centric. As I said, the majority of these episodes are based around one character and then narrated by a character. So like I mean, let's just look at a few of these episode titles here to kind of get an idea of where these are going to go. The first episode alone is called Faith. Then we have Jimmy's Mountain. We have Kim's Hope Chest the ties that bind, you know, uh, things like that that kind of moving forward, the self-importance of being Carlos, exposing faith, you know, so these are, like, all kind of based purely around one character, narrated by a character. And, like, the thing that's so good about these episodes is that, you know, on the episode that's about Yocas... Obviously, there's a large Bosco element to it. There are still, you know, Davis and Sully are still there, you know, the paramedics are still there. But there are more episodes where the characters are barely in it. And I'm, as I said before, I think in the last episode, there are some episodes where I, I'm not mistaken. There are characters where they're not in it at all. And I'm not just talking about Jimmy, you know, just randomly appearing. There are some that are just not there at all. Um, We meet a couple of key players moving forward in Season 2. We've teased a lot about Taylor, uh, Alex Taylor, who joins the uh, paramedic fraternity, although you would argue she also joins a firefighter fraternity because she's kind of both, which makes her character very unique. Um, Should mention, uh, and I I haven't really... I completely forgot, actually, she came in Season 2. I thought she came into Season 3, but no, she comes into Season 2. Tatiana is in this next season, and... Love me, Tatiana. I, this storyline with Tatiana and Sully, like, I just want to cry right now. Um, it's amazing. It's so good. Um, and I will say, we, we farewell two main players as well. Um, you know, bit of a teaser. We've already touched on Bobby Leaves, but there's a main side character that leaves this season. And when I say main, given that we kind of went over the side characters in this, uh, you probably can, you know, pick apart that, but, um, I'm so looking forward to this season, Brandy. I mean, this is just... Oh, I cannot speak volumes enough how good this season is. And again, I'm going to argue probably the two greatest episodes of Third Watch exist in this season alone. So, um, I... I'd- Doubt I'm going to have any binnets this season, and I doubt there's going to be very few rent-its from me this season. I, I can almost see this being a, a nearly complete green season for me in terms of episodes. Even the, the Firefighter Jimmy episodes I think are strong this season. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Season 2.
1: I will say for me, I I don't remember every episode, so I'm actually exci- I'm kind of going into this like, blind a little bit, like, okay, which episodes are in Season 2? So I'm excited. I do know there's a few of them. I remember like a few side characters and like you said after hours is a great one but in terms of like later I think like going after like episode 10 or so I kind of forget which episodes are in this besides a few main plot points so I'm excited to see what's going on I mean it's going to be interesting you know I love having that surprise factor in terms of like where am I going to see this episode and then coming on to the podcast and talking about it so I don't know Ben. I mean your, hearing your excitement gets me
0: excited oh, <laughs> just like the self-importance yeah. of being Carlos like oh my god what an yeah. episode uh, the one that I've, I've alluded to Rock uh, Rockin' a Hard Place which is one uh, you know it's just kind of going over it briefly you know Bosco, as Carlos and Doc all get trapped underground which is you know just this very you know interesting episode um, there's an episode <laughs> involved um, it's kind of like a Yoke's escape episode where she kind of goes and finds herself and it involves Fred entering a competition to win a truck that has Bosco involved too and basically being a complete bigot to everybody around him to do everything he can to try and win a car. It's fucking hilarious. Um, so, and the finale of this season, you know, it's, it's around a school shooting, which is just... It's so well shot. No pun intended with a shot there. But, um, yeah, there's a there's a lot going on in this season. Um it's 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 incredible it's such a great season so um yeah that's coming up season two obviously and as always uh people listening we appreciate your support thank you for tuning in we hope you enjoyed season one if you've joined us and you've never watched third watch before and you've uh you know got this far and you've watched all along with us we obviously hope you're enjoying it and it's only going to get better from here, folks. Uh, so keep keep watching uh, and keep listening as well. Subscribe to us. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the regular services are there. Of course, we're all on the social media these days. That's what the kids are into, so it's what we're into as well. Um, of course, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, um, and YouTube as well. As we said, hopefully the video will be kept up online as well. And, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for some special episodes. Uh, my chat in the past with Anthony Reeve of Aramichael Beach will put up to share there. And also... Hopefully uh, we can start getting some actual uh, cast members on this show to bring you some bonus episodes as well. But uh, my name is Ben. It's been, a, it's been a hell of a ride. It's been fun, and I look forward to continuing this ride with everybody listening. Uh, and, yeah, I've got so many quotes going in my head that I'm just going to end this by saying I love Third Watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, and I'm Brandy, and really, I'm excited to get back into... Third watch, second season. I mean, a bunch of whole new, a whole new to pick from Ben. Yes.
0: How are we going to deal with that? Oh yeah, and uh, let's just wait till we get to the self importance of Carlos, a quote machine. Uh, oh yeah. So bring it on. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.